Are we in for a ride in the Big 12 or are we in for a ride in the Big 12? I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet, and it is great to be here with you. As I note each and every week, um, we do our game recaps on our Sunday podcast. It's exclusive to the podcast, so I'm not going to recap all the games from last week. And before we get it rolling, guys, take a moment out, leave us that rating, review, subscribe to the podcast, and we've got free Heartland College Sports koozies for you. When you leave a rating and review and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Helps us more than you guys realize, and I really appreciate it. But as I look back on the the elements of last week and what we can take away from last week and what it involves, I just keep thinking to the fact that we are in for a really weird year in this conference. And that's saying something because the Big 12 is always pretty weird, right? You had Texas Tech with a 99.8% chance of winning that game against Texas with three minutes left, losing in overtime. You had Kansas State as a 28-point underdog coming back 21 points down to win the game. Like, this was not the favorite coming back to win the game. This was the underdog coming back to win the game. That is unheard of. That is unprecedented. And unprecedented is a word that I hate to use in 2020 because it's so overused. But seriously, it is. I mean, that's where we're at. This is going to be such a strange year for the conference. And I said before the season, I said, don't be shocked. If you got three teams at seven and two in Big 12 play with tiebreakers for a Big 12 championship game appearance, you know, I get a lot of predictions wrong, but once in a while I, I might get one right. And that's looking pretty good right now. It's looking pretty darn good right now. So, boy, what a first week for the Big 12. It's going to be a heck of a week, too, by the way. We got a full week two slate coming up here. So, don't want to miss that. And then next week you have the Red River rivalry. And just two other games on the schedule uh, next week. Now, whether or not this all becomes an obstacle for the college football playoff, it could be. You've got the ACC, of course, in play, the SEC in play, the Big Ten's coming back, and even the Pac-12 is coming back, which we learned uh, last week. Now, how this all works, I don't know, because the Big 12 or the Pac-12 is going to play seven games starting in November. If a Pac-12 team goes 7-0, are they going to get in over, let's say, a 9-2 Big 12 champion? And I say nine and two because you'll have played 10 games and then you'll have a conference championship victory. If OU is nine and two, let's say a loss to Kansas State and Oklahoma State, just for sake of conversation, all right? I'm not predicting that, OU fans. And then they get to the Big 12 title game and they beat, let's say, Oklahoma State. Should nine and two Oklahoma be in over a seven and oh Pac 12 team? That's going to be a very tough spot for the committee to figure that whole thing out. It's going to be very difficult, and and you think that in a normal year, the committee is kind of making it up as they go? Just wait to see how it goes this year, right? This year is going to be such a bleep show on that front that when these rankings start coming out, nobody's going to know up from down. Uh, that's going to be a very strange situation uh, for the college football playoff committee and I, you know, I can't wait, but I also am scared to death in terms of what it's going to potentially mean for this conference. And that's what's going to remain to be seen. Now, let's get into our power rankings uh, for this week. We do it every week here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. The power rankings are out of control right now because how I do power rankings is on a week-by-week basis. 
Because if not, it's just like, eh, a team might move up one here or move down one there. It's not, it's just not as fun. I like doing power rankings on a week-by-week basis. What did you do for me last week? How did you look last week? Because then you have a lot more fluctuation. And it just becomes a more fun process. So Kansas State, I'm putting them at number one. The Kansas State Wildcats go from eight to one in our Big 12 power rankings. And why not? They come from 21 points down in the third quarter to beat OU, only their second win over a top three team in the AP poll in program history. The first one came in the 2003 Big 12 title game. And Chris Kleiman is 2-0 against the Sooners to start his career. Raise your hand if you predicted that happening. And if you raise your hand, you are a liar. Okay? You're a liar. Don't even try it. Don't even try it. At number two in the Big 12 power rankings, I went with Baylor. Now, I was down to Baylor, Oklahoma State, and Texas for this spot. I went with Baylor because even though they've only played one game and it was against awful Kansas, they look good. They look good under Dave Aranda. After that first touchdown by KU, Baylor outscored them 47-7. The defense remains stout. Terrell Bernard is a stud at linebacker. Uh, Every level of that defense has has players. And then Treston Ebner with his four touchdowns uh, lights out. So they've got a tough game at West Virginia this week. That'll tell us more about this Baylor team in the post-Matt Rule era. But I'm giving them the nod at number two in our Big 12 power rankings. At number three, I've got Oklahoma State's. Who saw Oklahoma State being led by its defense and its running game? Uh, Unbelievable. This team held the Mountaineers in check all afternoon, and they did it in impressive fashion as well. Uh, So the Cowboys are 2-0. They've got a great defense, maybe the best in the conference. I mean, I think there's a couple of teams vying for that spot. It's probably either Oklahoma State, Iowa State, TCU, or Baylor uh, for that top defense in the Big 12. But Oklahoma State has every reason to believe that its defense can keep them in these games and they can ride that for the first couple of games here until Spencer Sanders gets healthy and the offense starts clicking again. At number four, I'm rolling with the Texas Longhorns. They dropped from two. Now, that's because Texas needed a miracle to win the game against Texas Tech. They were down 15 points with three minutes left. They gave up 56 points, all right? I can't put them at number two this week. I can't do it. Tom Herman fires Todd Orlando, hires his buddy Chris Ash, and you know what? (sighs) Didn't see a lot of those uh, benefits paying off on Saturday. And if this defense looks as bad as it did last week, the heat's going to pick up quickly on both guys. Because Texas, once again, barring a miracle, should be 1-1 and 0-1 in Big 12 play right now. They're not... They are now having to turn things around quickly. Now, you say turn things around at 2-0. and Yes, turn things around at 2-0 and when you just fired both your coordinators, brought in new guys, and are saying, hey, fresh slate, let's go. That's, that's a tough spot for Tom Herman. At number five in the Big 12 Power Rankings, I've got the Iowa State Cyclones moving up from number nine last week. Good win against TCU. Uh, the defensive line is strong. The back end of it is soft. You saw Max Duggan pick it apart a bit when he came in in the third quarter last week. Uh, but, hey, you know it's right around the corner, right? For Iowa State, Brocktober. Brock Purdy lights it up in October, and Brocktober is here this weekend. So Iowa State, Matt Campbell, Brock Purdy, October is their month. Wouldn't want to play them then. And we've got Iowa State at number five. At number six, the Oklahoma Sooners, after blowing that lead against Kansas State, we put them in the a number six spot, you know, 
OU is is right for the pick in this year, as I've been saying for several weeks. Not that they're not still the favorites. They are the favorites to win the Big 12. They're a hell of a team, hell of a program that Lincoln Riley's got. But if you're going to pick them off, it's going to be the year where OU has no home field advantage. You know, do you think that K-State's coming from 21 down on the road in the second half with a packed Memorial Stadium? Probably not. It was far more likely to happen uh, when you've got, you know, 15,000 people kind of doing their golf claps sitting in the stands. It's just not the same environment. It's not. And you saw that play out, and that was a factor. And Spencer Rattler, it's not his fault they lost, but you saw his lack of leadership and just being a redshirt freshman, which anybody in that spot is going to be a, a little shaky down the stretch, and he was. He was. And he wasn't pointing out some blitzes that were coming in. He wasn't doing a great job of some of that stuff that – you have to do, and he'll learn to do it, but it wasn't there on on Saturday in that loss to Kansas State. I got TCU at number seven in our Big 12 power rankings. There were positives there, right? Max Duggan coming in, completing 16 to 19 passes in the second half. Um, if he's healthy, he's back as the starting quarterback. That's a great spot for TCU to be in. He looked really good. I saw Max Duggan last year against Iowa State. That was a different dude this past weekend. The defense had more issues than I would have expected, but still, I'm putting uh, TCU at number seven in the power rankings. At number eight, I've got West Virginia. After the Mountaineers uh, lost to Oklahoma State, not as bad as the margin of victory leads you to believe, 27-13, but the offensive line was bad. And run blocking, pass blocking, gave up several sacks. West Virginia only had 68 rushing yards. The rebuild's still underway, but it's, it's going to be a bit of a work in progress. But that defensive line can keep them in some games uh, this year for Neil Brown. At nine, I've got Texas Tech. They almost lose to an FCS team in week one, and then they blow a 15-point lead with 10 minutes left to Texas. Uh, This could have been a program-defining win for Matt Wells, you know? And they totally blew it, and now it could be, in a weird way, a program-defining loss. That one sucks the soul out of a program. Three minutes away from a top-10 win at home, in your first conference game of the year, and instead, you get that. At number 10, the Kansas Jayhawks, who actually jumped out to a 7-0 lead. I'm cool with Jalen Daniels, the true freshman playing quarterback. At this point, build for 2021 and beyond. I'd be stunned if KU won a game this year. That's got to be less miles of strategy. Play for 2021 and 2022. It's going to be an ugly year in Lawrence. And I'd be stunned if KU won a game and if KU found itself anywhere but number 10 in the power rankings at any point this year. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. So much more to get into. Drama around the conference is unfolding. We'll tell you what's going on and many more of the top stories of the week here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. And before we keep it rolling, we are brought to you by mybookie.com and use the promo code BIG12. That's big one two. For a 100% deposit bonus. Guys, we've got a full slate of Big 12 games this weekend. Our picks are 8-2 and against the spread so far this season. They'll be up on the website, heartlandcollegesports.com, this week. So if you want to get into the sports betting game, or maybe a friend does, this helps us out tremendously. They're a very important partner for us as a website. So if you would use mybookie.com and that promo code BIG12, BIG12, You'll get your free money right out of the gates. There's no unlocking it or anything like that. You just get the money right into your account. MyBookie.com, promo code BIG12, BIG12, 
They've also got plenty of options when it comes to the NFL as well. So, so you have a good Saturday. You roll it into Sunday. You know, you, you take your chances and rock on, man. And mybookie.com, promo code BIG12, BIG12, is your place to go. Thanks so much, guys. So one thing you're starting to see that I'm very excited about is fans coming back to the Big 12. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. So we got a couple of announcements here in the last few days. Iowa State's going to have 15,000 fans in attendance for the Oklahoma game this weekend. That's a pretty big deal. And also, hey, for Iowa State, maybe a little home field advantage, about 25% capacity. And then on top of that, You've got West Virginia announcing 25% capacity starting October 17th when they take on the Kansas Jayhawks. So that's pretty great as well. And, and, you know, this makes sense. These universities are being very, very careful when talking about how to do this, do it safely, do it right, but also realize the economic benefits to all the small businesses in our college towns across the Big 12 that are sucking wind as is. And if they don't have anybody there on game day, oh, boy, it takes its toll. It takes its toll. So I'm glad these um, these universities are doing this. I think it's a smart thing to do. I think it's the right thing to do. And I think you can do it and do it in a safe and responsible manner. And that's what's going on here across the Big 12. So happy to see it. Glad to see it. And nice to see that changing course here in the next few weeks. And all the people that told you, no way is college football happening. It doesn't stand a chance. We're all going to die. I'm not mocking COVID at all. Okay. That's not right. It obviously is deadly for too many people, but smart decisions are being made right now. And guess what? If the big 10 had its way, there would be no college football this fall. They tried to force the hand of the rest of the Power Five, and thank goodness the Big 12 and the SEC and the ACC didn't listen to them for a second. Good for them. Good for them. Uh, Tom Herman had a comment about Gary Patterson's defense that is just really, really bad. I'm going to read you the comment here, and some people are taking it out of context, and I understand a quote in context is required. But still, you've got this Texas TCU game this weekend. And here is what Tom Herman said about Gary Patterson and his defense. Tom Herman said, quote, as far as going against Coach Patterson's defense, I don't know that that I was tremendously frustrated two years ago. I think the final score was 31-16. Texas won that game. But they've lost two or three since Tom Herman's been at Texas. Herman goes on to say, you always want to score more points and hold them to less. It gets frustrating sometimes because Gary, to his credit, and a ton of respect for him, doesn't do a whole lot. What he does is he's got his players to play really, really hard. He puts them in great positions. They're extremely fundamentally sound. You have this false sense of maybe where they're going to be, lined up, blitzing from and rushing from and all that stuff. The battle is not one that's waged a whole lot against Coach Patterson defenses. The battle is, can we play more fundamentally sound than them? Can we play harder than them? They are going to be some schematic things that you want to take advantage of, and it's a matter of making those opportunities count and not having long foul balls when you schemed up a shot against a certain coverage. I know where they're going to be, and we know what they're going to do. They just do it so well, that's extremely challenging. 
That was Tom Herman about Gary Patterson. That has got to be the most backhanded compliment ever. Now, Texas fans, some of them are trying to, like, defend this comment by Tom Herman and say, well, he's complimenting Gary Patterson because he's saying his guys play hard, and even though we know what they're going to do, oh, my goodness, uh, we still can't stop them. We can't stop this defense. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second here. You basically came out and you said, yeah, Gary doesn't do much. I mean, it's basically just fundamental football and puts them in a great position and every other cliche in the book. Uh, that's an insult for Gary Patterson, who's a defensive mastermind, by the way. Uh, the guy made his bones on the defensive side of the ball. And basically what you're hearing from Tom Herman is, hey, it doesn't do much. I mean, they just play harder and uh, just, you know, that's kind of it. They're fundamental. It's an insult. And by the way, if it was that easy, Tom Herman, to just be fundamentally sound and, uh, you know, play hard, why can't you get your guys to do it going on two years now? I mean, you almost just lost to Texas Tech, who barely beat an FCS team a couple of weeks back. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I, that's a terrible statement by Tom Herman. And I understand things sometimes get taken out of context. People uh, were sharing just the first part of that quote where he said, Gary doesn't do a whole lot. His guys play hard. He puts them in a great position, and that was it. I read you the whole quote to have the context around it, but it doesn't come across a whole lot better. Maybe a little better, but not a whole lot better. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, really, Tom Herman? You're one and two against Gary Patterson and TCU. You want to give Gary Patterson another reason to have a chip on his shoulder going into this game? When Tom Herman, as a head coach, consistently underachieves as a favorite and overachieves as an underdog, you want to do that? Tom Herman, come on, man. I mean, Tom Herman's a smart guy. Isn't he in, like, Mensa or something? Dude, what are you doing? You trying to give more motivation to TCU, which is a bunch of kids who probably felt slighted by Texas because they didn't get recruited? They're now at TCU coming down I-35 trying to kick your butt? Are you asking your guys for trouble there, Tom? Jeez. Come on, man. Come on. Your defense just gave up 56 to the Red Raiders. Oh, what a bad, bad take by Tom Herman. What a bad take. I'll tell you at the end of the show, but uh, hammer TCU with the points. I'll leave it at that. Hammer TCU with the points. Maybe outright as well. All right, a couple of other items here as we flip the calendar to October. Obviously, a different year, only a couple of games into the season, but still, we can talk about this. Uh, Iowa State is money in October, all right? Since 2017, Iowa State is 10-1 and in the month of October. Their lone loss came to Oklahoma State last season. So this has been a great month for Matt Campbell and uh, Brock Purdy as well. But I, can I say Iowa State's going to have another Brocktober and go 4-0? No, I can't. The schedule for the Cyclones in this month of October is OU this weekend, Texas Tech, both games at home, on the road against Oklahoma State, and then on the road to Kansas. They'll beat Kansas. They should beat Tech. I mean, if they split the Oklahoma games, that's, that's a good, good month. If they split the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State games, that's a really, really good month for Matt Campbell and this team, which has looked shaky early in the season, okay? They gave up 34 points to TCU, which has not had an offense in two and a half years now, at least. And then they lost to Louisiana Lafayette. So 
do I have any reason to believe that this Brocktober magic is just going to continue from the last three seasons? I don't. I don't. Iowa State still got some things to work out. So I'm not buying the Cyclones and Brocktober being this like complete savior because the calendar is now uh, on the 10th month of the year. I, I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. And we'll get to our previews here coming up in just uh, a few minutes on the show. But a couple of the the storylines this weekend that are really good are in the games that, you know, you don't think about as being the highlight games. The highlight games for the Big 12 this weekend are TCU at Texas and Oklahoma at Iowa State. The Oklahoma State-Kansas game is the worst game of the week, just for obvious reasons. Uh, whoever's playing Kansas in a given week is going to have the worst game of the week. I just That's how it's going to be this year in the Big 12. But Texas Tech on the road against Kansas State. How does Tech handle coming off that loss to Texas last week? And how does K-State handle coming off the win against Oklahoma last week? That is a great storyline, an underrated storyline in the Big 12 this weekend. I mean, the national pundits won't talk about it, but for us in the Big 12, it's a really interesting story on what those two teams are like coming off their respective comebacks or meltdowns uh, last week for Kansas State and Texas Tech. And then Baylor on the road against West Virginia. Traditionally, going to Morgantown is tough for these Big 12 teams because the travel is so far. But with no home field advantage to speak of, how does that change the equation? And is West Virginia the team that, that we think can be vastly improved? Or is it the team that's still going to finish bottom of the conference and is rebuilding? Like, both of these teams could go either way this year, either maybe a surprise competitor in the top half of the conference or in the bottom third of the conference. I'm starting to buy the Baylor Bears more every week, the more I think about them and, and, and dig into them. But both teams could go either way, and this weekend will go a long way in that for Baylor and uh, West Virginia. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. Picks and previews coming up next. Well, it's time for our picks and previews for the upcoming Big 12 football weekend. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It's great to be here with you as we get another full week of Big 12 football underway. So coming up this weekend, let's start in order of the games and go with Baylor, West Virginia. This game is in Morgantown. And I'm rolling with the Baylor Bears, and I'm taking the three points. And the biggest reason why is because this Baylor team on the defensive side of the ball is going to overwhelm the West Virginia offense, most notably the offensive line that got smoked. They got smoked last weekend by Oklahoma State. Gave up a ton of sacks, and it was not pretty. And this Baylor front seven is very good. And I think that they are going to have their way with the um, with the West Virginia Mountaineers in that running game and that offensive line. And it's not going to be pretty at all uh, for a team like West Virginia. And on top of that, Baylor's got a couple of big-time offensive linemen coming back, senior starters on the offensive line. That's a big, big deal uh, for this team. So they're expecting three senior starters back on the offensive line this weekend. And uh, – I'm rolling with the Baylor Bears. I don't think the home field's going to be as good as it typically is for West Virginia with everything going on. And give me Baylor and give me the three points for Charlie Brewer and this Bears team on the road in Morgantown this weekend. 
Then we've got TCU in Texas. I hinted at this um, earlier in the show. But sign me up for the TCU Horn Frogs and the points. It's right now at 11 and a half. I'm jumping on TCU. I'm taking double digits. Tom Herman's not good as a favorite. He's much better as an underdog. You've got the comments that were made by Herman about Patterson this week. TCU is 2-1 and one against Texas. Not only are they 2-1, and one, but if you go back even further than that, TCU is 6-2 and two against Texas since Big 12 play started, including 3-1 and one in Austin. Uh, Gary Patterson has Texas's number. He gets his guys lit for the Texas Longhorns. I, I could not hammer this spread hard enough if I tried. And you know what? The wise guys are with me here because the line opened up at 13. It's moved down to 11 and a half, despite the fact that 65% of the money is on the Texas Longhorns. So theoretically, you would think the line would move in Texas's favor. It's not. It's not. It's going the other way. TCU has shrunk as an underdog. So I'm going with TCU. That means the big money is on the Horn Frogs, and I think that's the right play here. Uh, for a multitude of reasons, by the way. Max Duggan got going in the second half for TCU at quarterback. Assuming he's the starter and that offense looks like it did in the second half, there's going to be some juice there. The Texas secondary was a mess last week against Texas Tech. TCU is going to put up some points. The defense is better than what it showed last week against Iowa State. And I think TCU covers this number pretty comfortably. Might even throw a... Just a little something. Might have a little bit of fun on the outright there for the Horn Frogs. I'm just, I'm feeling good about this game for TCU. So I've got Baylor minus three. We've got TCU plus 11 and a half. Then we go to the K-State Texas Tech game. This game is in Manhattan. And I'm rolling with Kansas State minus the two and a half points. This might be dicey to some of you coming off the big win. And I understand why you might feel that way. But Texas Tech is also in a emotional spot licking its wounds after blowing a 15 point lead against their biggest rival i had mclean carter on the show former texas tech quarterback a couple of years back and i asked him i said hey um, which team do you like getting up for the most and it was texas and that's not shocking right texas tech wants to beat texas and think about what just happened to this red raiders team they were three minutes away of 15 points and beating the team that they want to beat more than anybody else in the Big 12, and they blew that game. You're telling me there's not a hangover effect there? Now, Kansas State may have its own hangover effect as well after beating Oklahoma on the road, but they're the ones coming home. They're the ones still coming off the win, and they're the ones who, of the two hangovers, I think K-State's hangover was a bit shorter, all right? So I'm rolling with the Kansas State Wildcats minus the two and a half points uh, for a couple of reasons, by the way. Texas Tech's defense is just, I mean, it is abysmal. It is completely abysmal right now in stopping anybody anywhere. And you know what? Skylar Thompson is coming into his own here. You saw that, and he's been in his own, I guess you'd say, for a while. This guy threw for 330 yards last week. He's got now a running back that we all should be following in the Big 12 and Deuce Vaughn. Dual threat guy, catch it out of the backfield, can run the ball as well. Uh, I just like where this Kansas State team is right now. And the defense started to show me something in that second half last week against the Oklahoma Sooners. So I'm rolling with K-State, and I'm rolling with the minus two and a half points. Then in the Big 12, we've got Oklahoma State taking on Kansas. And give me 
The Cowboys minus 21 and a half. KU is 0-2 against the spread this season. And you know what? It hasn't been close. Baylor was a 17-point favorite last week. And uh, what did they win that game by? 47 to 14? 33 points? It was a bloodbath. Oklahoma State's going to want to get its offense going. This is a good game to do it uh, against a Kansas defense that is just uh, really, really having a rough time right now. I might buy half the point, by the way. I might buy half a point, get it to 21 even, just so that way a three-touchdown win gets you at least a push. I probably would do that. So buy the half a point. Take Oklahoma State minus 21. The defense is really good. I mean, if KU scores 14 in this game, that'll be a big deal. Then it's just getting the Oklahoma State offense back on track And uh, I could see that happening this weekend. The running game will have itself a very, very productive afternoon. And you know what? When you've got a one-two punch, like Chuba Hubbard and L.D. Brown, the best one-two punch in the entire Big 12, and you're going up against a Kansas team that is really having a rough go of it, gave up 203 rushing yards to Baylor last week. And then against Coastal Carolina – they gave up 185 rushing yards. What is L.D. Brown and uh, Chuba Hubbard, what are those guys going to do against uh, this Kansas run defense? It, it could get ugly and get ugly quickly. So give me Oklahoma State minus the 21 points. Buy the half a point just to be safe, and the Cowboys will win this game running away. And then we get to our primetime matchup in the Big 12 Conference. So let's spend a little bit more time on this one here and dive into Oklahoma on the road against the Iowa State Cyclones. So for the Oklahoma Sooners, they're coming off a loss to Kansas State, a terrible loss to Kansas State, a loss to Kansas State that they were up 21 points in the second half at home and ended up coming up short. I mean, that is just unheard of for the Oklahoma Sooners, right? That is unheard of for this team and this program. Then you've got Iowa State, who is coming off a win against TCU after losing to Louisiana a couple of weeks ago. I've got concerns here for both of these teams. I've got concerns for Spencer Rattler, not not in terms of him not being the guy in the future, okay? I buy Spencer Rattler. Long-term stock, I'm buying it. But you saw him get a little bit shaky last week when, you know, the lights were on, to use that cliche. Team was struggling down the stretch, and you saw some of that. Now he goes on the road to, you know, not a tough environment necessarily because there's only going to be 15,000 fans there, but still on the road against Iowa State, Matt Campbell's money in the month of October, Brock Purdy's money in the month of October. And now you got to beat a very good defense, especially a defensive line that is the best defensive line in the Big 12. And it is not close based on what I've seen right now. Really good defensive line for the Iowa State Cyclones. So that's a tough spot for a redshirt freshman quarterback. OU's got a good offensive line, but still, that's a very tough spot for him. Now, on the other side, you've got Iowa State, where its defense has not lived up to the expectations outside of that defensive line that a lot of us thought would be the case. All right? I mean, TCU threw for 400 yards against Iowa State. That's where Oklahoma should be looking to make make its mark in the secondary against the Iowa State secondary. That's where they can make some noise, and that's where they should try to make some noise quickly and effectively if you're Lincoln Riley and Spencer Rattler. But I see this one heading down to the wire. They played some close games the last couple of seasons here between these two teams, and uh, I don't think it's going to be any different moving forward. So you're going to have a good one on Saturday night 
primetime ABC matchup, and I am going to roll with the Iowa State Cyclones plus the seven points against the Oklahoma Sooners this weekend. OU is going to get the win, but that being said, it's going to be a tight game. And by the way, the wise guys are on my side. You've got in this game 84% of the bets on the Oklahoma Sooners, but the spread is moving in favor of Iowa State. It went from 10.5 down to 7. So there you have it, the picks for this weekend. We're going Baylor minus 3 at West Virginia, TCU plus 11.5 at Texas, K-State minus 2.5 against Texas Tech, Oklahoma State minus 21 against Kansas, and I'll take Iowa State plus 7 against OU. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site, and... Don't forget our friends at mybookie.com. They've got a great promo code. You can help the site. And and really, guys, they're a huge partner for us. Um, You help the site. And on top of that, you get a whatever, 100% free money. Whatever you deposit, you double your money for free at mybookie.com using the promo code BIG12. That's BIG12. Our picks are 8-2 and against the spread. So we're on a roll right now. And um, don't forget, rate, review, subscribe. That helps us out a lot. We've got free koozies. Send me a screenshot of your rating and review. And we'll take care of you guys. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Enjoy the games.